0: You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network.
1: Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal and it's the stuff that works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity, shall we say, arises. Now, this isn't just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. I have a number of friends who have tried Blue Chew, and all they have to say is, wow. And their partner agreed. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code BILL. Just pay $5 shipping and get your first shipment absolutely free. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Bill. To try it free, Bluetooth is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to 2019, and welcome to the After Chat, a very special. So says Chernoff version of the After Chat. I'm Josh Chernoff, and I am your solo host for today's episode. Now, before you turn it off, Bill is going to be here today. He's calling in, he's on assignment, and he has a a great interview to share with us. So he will be calling in a little bit later, and you'll be able to hear Bill from the 1970s because we will have... An after chat classic for you today as well. So it's not just all Josh all the time. It's still nice, even, you know, hey, it's the after chat. It's tough to have the after chat without after. So anyway, I tried to get somebody else from his family, but we will settle for a little bit of Bill. Now, uh, we're going to do some of some fun stuff today some uh some of the more regular things that we do like a headlock on headlines we're gonna do that in a second but we also have a segment ask Josh where some of you after chatters actually asked me questions and you wanted to hear my opinion uh, so hold on to your seats uh, because I'm relatively opinionated um, but before we get going I do want to formally wish everybody a happy new year happy 2019. And I think that that is as good a time as any to jump into Headlock on Headlines. All right. Uh, 2019 did not exactly start off the way we had hoped for um, us wrestling fans with the untimely passing of one of the most legendary voices in the history of pro wrestling. I'm talking about Mean Gene Okerlund, who passed away uh just a couple of days ago um on twitter uh all over social media just an outpouring of love and respect for mean gene uh on a personal note unfortunately i never had an opportunity to meet or uh speak with mean gene we actually were scheduled to have him come on to the podcast uh with some predictions for survivor series this past november and um Unfortunately, he wasn't able to uh, work his schedule out with our schedule, and, um, and we, we planned to reschedule and do it another time. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't meant to be. Um, but uh, Bill it, it was a, a longtime close personal friend um, of Gene Okerlund, and uh, next week, Bill will be back, and uh, I'll be sure to ask him to to please share some of his, some of his thoughts um, and memories of one of the greatest, if not the greatest, man to ever uh, hold the stick, as they say, uh, to interview wrestlers, Mean Gene Okerlund. Um, just really, really a shame, um, and our thoughts go out to his family, his friends, and all of us fans uh, who loved Mean Gene. Um, on, on a much, uh, brighter note, we have AEW. So let's talk a little bit about that. All elite wrestling, finally making that announcement, uh, on new year's, I guess it's the announcement that there will be an announcement. Um, I have not been this excited about, um, something in wrestling another, especially another promotion since I I feel like the last time I was this excited would have to be, like when Scott Hall showed up on Nitro um it's really this is really shaping up to be quite the year um, for wrestling fans and i i think this is such an incredible time to be a wrestling fan because you're getting you're getting a choice and that's something that we really haven't had on a mainstream level um in a, in a really long, long time since WCW folded for a a minute, we had, uh, we had TNA, but not really ever on the same level. And it it looks to me like, uh, AEW, um, which is going to take a little (laughs) getting used to to say, but, uh, AEW is going to really try and hit this thing as mainstream and as big as they possibly can. And look at, uh, Everything that the young bucks and Cody have been able to do, uh, with hot topic, their relationship with them, you know, you talk about mainstream to have their, uh, merchandise available in the mall, um, you know, in a store that people can walk into, not just pro wrestling tees. um, that's huge. That's amazing. And while we're talking about Pro Wrestling Tees, I just want to say uh, thank you to Pro Wrestling Tees for the new Josh Chernoff page. ProWrestlingTees.com slash SoSaysChernoff. We have the Shernoff so logo tee, uh, but one that I think everybody is going to love, and that is the Sarcasm is My Superpower shirt, available in gold and red and, is, and also available in blue. Uh, I love that shirt. I will be wearing that shirt um, a lot, mainly so that people see it and say, hey, where'd you get that? And I go, oh, prowrestlingteescom slash so says Chernoff. And people go, what's that? And I go, well, you should really be paying attention. And people go, hey, I don't appreciate your attitude towards me. I was merely just asking about your shirt. And, you know. Um, so back to All Elite Wrestling. So far, we have Cody Rhodes has signed with them. Uh, Brandy Rhodes has signed with them. Uh, the Young Bucks have signed, and uh, Hangman Adam Page has signed as well. Um, and as I'm recording this, the breaking news is that Britt Baker has signed with Oli Wrestling as well, um, which is great because that is now um, that is now bringing a female wrestler on board other than Brandy Rhodes, because, you know, it's not like Brandy could work herself. Um, it, and, and then, you know what, that brings up another question. Is Brandy going to work? Is Cody going to work? Uh, the bucks, I, I, I feel very confident are going to work. I, I think all of them will at some point, but, um, you know, from what I understand, they're all executive vice presidents and, uh, and Brandy, I believe is the, uh, chief brand officer. So, I, I mean, they're, they're definitely higher up in this company, um, but I'd, I'd, I'd suggest that they're probably still going to be in the ring. I mean, you can't just kind of start your own company and then take some of the biggest stars in wrestling and say, Yeah, we just won't put them on the show. Um, and, of course, they announced Double or Nothing uh, is going, which the rumor is that it will be uh, coming to us in the spring, but the rally will be Tuesday, January 8th in Jacksonville, Florida. So this Tuesday, um, and you'll be able to go to the elites, um, being the elite YouTube page. And that's where you're going to be able to watch it streaming live. So, uh, I will be watching that. Um, as I'm sure the majority of you listening, uh, to this right now, will be watching it. If I still have anybody still listening, once I announce that bill wasn't going to be hosting with me today. Um, It will be, by the way, uh, Eastern Time, 5 p.m. outside the TIAA Bank Field in Parking Lot J, near Gate 1, which is adjacent, as everybody knows, to the TV compound. Uh, But I'm excited for this. All the possibilities um, that come along with, with something like a new promotion, and they are just... They're hitting this thing hard, they're hitting this thing fast, and uh, but not too fast. And that's a great thing, too, because they're just taking their time. And I think there has never been, there has not been since WCW folded, there has not been as much excitement and potential as there is right now. And I say that, not discounting Ring of Honor, not discounting uh, TNA, now Impact Wrestling, but ring of honor started out very small um always great action always a, a, an enjoyable product but they started out very small and they kind of built right and then you had uh then you had TNA which started out with their pay-per-view format but it was kind of like you know it almost felt like the outcasts of WCW or the WWF and it, it never really in the beginning had this like, oh, we're going to compete. It was more like, okay, we're going to give you an alternative in another place. You can see some of these guys working. Um, but there was no social media. You know, none of that stuff existed. So they didn't have that as an option. But at the same time, um, they all had to grow to become what they were at their peak or what they, in, in Ring of Honor's case, I'm not sure uh, that it's even hit its peak. Um, I, I, I really don't think it has, I think ring of honor is, is really for all intents and purposes, just getting started and it's really exciting. But as far as, uh, an American based company, not since WCW has there been something so big, you know, and, and I, and I understand some people are going to say, well, Hey, before WCW it was the NWA and it was Jim Crockett promotions. And, and I understand that. Uh, I totally understand that, but I'm talking about Ted Turner, uh, Buying WCW. That's that's kind of what I'm talking about. That timetable when you said right off the bat, okay, we've got a major player here. And we haven't had anything like that in a really, really long time. Hey, so can we talk a little bit about, uh, and I'm asking can we talk, uh, I can talk and nobody's here to stop me. Uh, oh, it's so refreshing. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Raw and SmackDown, uh, and the ratings. Um, specifically, let's talk about Raw. Um, you know, it, you can hear in the archives at theafterchat.com, the last couple of weeks, I've been incredibly critical of this uh, new era, this relaunch of WWE Raw's product. Um, critical in the sense that I think it it hasn't uh, been a thing. It hasn't been a relaunch. There, There's... Nothing about anything that I've seen is um, is is a change to me. Um, I did see some really cool things uh, in the set for for me at least. Uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins being in the final four um, of the Intercontinental Championship Battle Royal. Um, why those guys who have a fantastic podcast, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast? Uh, if you're a collector or played with figures as a kid um, or just a a fan of, of any aspect of history of wrestling, uh, including action figures. It's just a great, um, great podcast. I actually was uh, on the road driving to Florida for my sister's wedding, which by the way, uh, since Bill brought it up last week, um, the wedding was great. We had an awesome time. Um, My sister, Melissa and her new husband, Andrew, um, uh, had a, a, a fantastic wedding. Couldn't have couldn't have hoped for a better outcome um and couldn't ask for a better guy to have uh, marry into our family. Um comes from a great family himself and uh, that's about all I'm going to give you from my personal life cuz I don't think any of you really care, but congratulations to them. Um uh but while I was driving down to Florida, uh which is a bit of a bit of a drive, I decided to put on the major wrestling figure podcast and my wife uh, loved it and she has never owned uh, a single wrestling figure uh, unless I guess you count that she now owns 50% of like a hundred thousand of them because she married me but uh, yeah she loved the podcast so I can't uh, speak highly enough about it Uh, why am I giving them such a plug Uh, because I really enjoy it. They are definitely not paying for it, but uh, I feel that they've earned it. Uh, But my point is that they were in that final four, and that's great to see. I would love to see them put back together as a tag team. Um, They're not really doing much of anything with their individual gimmicks that they had. The the face-the-facts thing seems to be done. The uh, Long Island Ice-Z type thing uh, seems to, like, you know, some of the catchphrases are still there and whatnot, some of the personality for for Zack Ryder, but it's not quite as uh, as broskied up as it used to be. So I think you could easily put those guys back together there as a great tag team um, and give them a new lease on life. I would love to see it. Uh, we need a, a more flushed out tag team division. And uh, I think that that could be something Great to see with them. Um, But that was like it. That was really the only change personally that I saw. Everything else was maybe a maybe we're moving forward some storylines. That's not really a change. I also think there's still way too much Baron Corbin. And yes, I know I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin, but uh, neither is anybody else. So um, I think they're just missing the point. I, I think they still... The WWE higher up still look at him and say, oh, he's such a heel because everybody hates him. He's such a great heel. But it's not that. Um, he's not entertaining. When I see him in a match with somebody, it doesn't make me think, oh, he's wrestling uh, Finn Balor. So, oh, man, I'm such a Finn Balor fan because I want to see Finn Balor knock out. You know, No, I'm, I just don't want to watch the segment. And that, to me, is not a good heel. That, to me, is a stale character. So... In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, um, I don't see why Baron Corbin can't be repackaged or given something different instead of continuing this same thing. I, I think that there is enough talent in Baron Corbin, and I know some people can't believe I just said that, but I think that, there, that the guy has enough talent that if he was presented with something uh, entertaining, something different... That there is something that can be done with him. I just, I'm not feeling it the way it is. Um, I also, I don't think that there was uh, very much, um, very much new uh, the past few weeks that, that really makes me feel that they're changing anything. However, I am excited to give them a shot, one last shot on Monday, um, because it's the first live Raw of the new year. And uh, you know, historically the ratings have kind of gone this way at the end of the year where they kind of go down for Christmas, down for New Year's, and then they jump back up um, with the, you know, with the the first live episode or or just in general after the holidays are done. So I don't think we're going to have an all-time low rating this coming Monday, but I think if this coming Monday they don't deliver, and I know they're breaking out the big guns, Brock Lesnar will be there and all, but I don't know. If they don't deliver something, you know, it's one thing to get people to tune in so that the ratings take a little jump and they spike. But if you disappoint everybody the way you did a few weeks ago, WWE, then I think the ratings are going to continue to plummet. Um, and especially with something like AEW coming, um, there's going to be a true alternative for people. And, uh, I hope that the people who do not enjoy the WWE's product, who don't have to cover it on a weekly basis like I do, I hope that they will stop watching um, if they don't like it and start watching AEW or Ring of Honor or Impact or anything else. Not because I want to see the WWE fail. Um, it couldn't be further from the truth. What I want to see is those people stop watching so the WWE realizes. That they have to make a real change, um, so that they can provide something better. Because nothing has the history. Nothing has. Nothing is as big as the WWE, and no matter how big something like an AEW can get, I don't think. You know, we're not talking about the WWF back in the Attitude or pre-Attitude era. We're talking about this this global conglomerate that is the WWE, and, and I don't think it's a matter of them ever going out of business. It's a matter of of like, let's just. I don't think anything else is ever going to come close to being uh, as as large as a wrestling company as the WWE, but it doesn't mean that something can't uh, replace it as the preferred wrestling company, if that makes any sense. So that's uh, that's my take on headlines here. Um, oh, one other thing. I do find it interesting. Um, Vince McMahon on SmackDown with AJ Styles. That interests me. Um, to see what happens. I was very surprised to see AJ Styles uh, smack Vince McMahon. I want to see how that continues to play out. And I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping something is going to come from that. SmackDown has been better than Raw for a long time. But uh, but still, it needs some work. And, uh, you know, they better figure it out by October. Because Fox put a lot of money into this. And I don't think Fox is going to be too happy if the ratings uh, don't improve. Uh, but that's it for Headlock on Headlines. And at this point, I would like to move into the hashtag Ask Josh. All right, kicking things off here with my my uh, favorite guy to spar with on Twitter, Travis Voltz, uh, at Nuts and Voltz PW. He had a couple of questions here for me. So... Uh one kind of follows this AEW format here. Um he says, at so says Shernoff hashtag ask Josh, will Cody Rhodes' legacy end up more about his in ring career or behind the scenes activities? Uh that's a great question and one that I've wondered myself. In my opinion, um I think his legacy is going to be the behind the scenes activities. Cody is a great Wrestler, he's a great in-ring performer, um, but I think him as a wrestler, take away everything else he's done, and he would be remembered as uh, a good wrestler, as an entertaining guy, as a a fun character, um, and that and, and I don't mean that to minimize his ability in any way, shape, or form, but he would be remembered along with many other wrestlers as guys who were just Really good in their time. Um, I think the thing that that separates him that that makes him stand apart from other people in the business is everything else he is doing. Is is that that uh, need that he has to just go out and 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 do what he wants and make a change and make a difference. Um, I think that Cody' uh, success or failure. Uh, first of all, I don't think he can fail at All Elite Wrestling. Even if All Elite Wrestling was out of business in a year, in my opinion, that's not a failure because he's tried something that nobody else has done in a really, really long time. Uh, and nobody else in this in this way has done it, except for, of course, uh, the Bucks with their involvement in the same project. So, yeah, I think that um, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to have many more years behind the scenes in wrestling uh than he's going to have in the ring. And I mean that's just you know look at uh look at a guy like like a uh, just off the top of my head like a Billy Kidman or a Dean Malenko. Some of the guys that work backstage in the WWE right now. Um I I don't have the exact math to to back it up here but I would venture to guess the guy like Billy Kidman is at least nearing um a tie between his backstage responsibilities in wrestling and the amount of time he spent as an in-ring competitor. So, you know, some of these guys can, can be in this business for the next 20, 30, uh, 40 years, you know, who knows? Um, so yeah, I think that a guy like, uh, Cody is going to be remembered for his behind the scenes activities more so than his in-ring career. However, I, I, do not believe he is finished with creating some memorable in front of the camera and in ring moments uh, by any means. Another question from Travis uh, from T Volts Nuts and Volts PW Etso says: Sure enough, do you think wrestling news, storylines, podcasts, interviews have become better and or more interesting than the actual in ring? Matches. Hashtag Ask Josh. Uh, what a great... Man, you had some good questions, T-Voltz. Um, yes. I think if we're talking strictly the WWE... Um, well, I guess we're not because we're talking podcasts as well. But... Um, so let's take it one one step at a, at a time. Wrestling news. Has it become more interesting than the actual in-ring matches? Um... I don't know that it's become more interesting. I think people, uh, I I think it's, it's so different that it's kind of tough for people to, uh, you know, look with news. You can just kind of scroll down, Hey, what's going on today? I want to know everything. Um, but then you're still going to tune in to kind of see what it's all about. You know, if you hear some breaking news about, you know, Brock Lesnar hasn't signed a contract for after this match. Well, now you're really paying attention to the match. You want to see how he's booked. You want to see, is he going to win? What's going to happen here? Uh, to try and figure out, oh, are they doing this because he signed or he hasn't signed? So I think they kind of go hand in hand. Um, I think storylines, another thing that kind of goes hand in hand because uh, your in-ring match is supposed to always be the culmination uh, or at least the the point B in a point, a, a, A to B to C to D. You know, every point should be a match, should be something in the ring because that's what it's all about. These storylines, everything should be settled in the ring. That's pro wrestling. Um, So I think uh, the storylines, have they become more interesting? No. If you're thinking about the WWE, um, no, I don't think they have. If you're thinking about something like, um, off the top of my head, uh, Bully Ray and Flip Gordon, I think the storyline was beautifully executed uh i think it lasted what like eight months and i think that storyline was um maybe more interesting at the end of the day you wanted to really see the match um but i think the whole to get to the point i think was maybe more interesting than the match itself and that's in no way shape or form a knock on the match it's just you know i think the whole journey was uh was more exciting than the destination um and i think that it was it was it was made to be that way it wasn't so much about the match as it was just you know getting to that finish and and just really uh enjoying the overall body of work um podcasts uh yes i think podcasts have become more interesting specifically the after chat um no i think um I do think podcasts have become more interesting than the actual in-ring matches in a lot of ways because we as wrestling fans, we thrive on behind the scenes. We thrive on talking about wrestling. It's how I'm able to sit here and have a conversation with with myself about wrestling um, because I'm, I'm really uh, passionate about talking about it. Um, so yeah, I think podcasts, I think something... Like Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, uh 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, I think shows like that, um, Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, um Talk Is Jericho, there are a lot out there. Uh, and of course, you know, the after chat, and of course the monthly So says Shernoff special, uh, that I have a big announcement about uh a little bit later. Um I think that I think that these podcasts have kind of allowed fans to continue to uh love wrestling even when they're not thrilled with some of the storylines they're seeing today um so i think overall the podcasts have a lot i know a lot of people who don't really watch the current product of wwe of ring of honor of impact of anything uh new japan they don't watch any of it but they won't miss a specific podcast Um, they'll get their news from podcasts. Um, so yeah, so I think that, uh, podcasts again, more interesting than the actual in ring matches, maybe not more interesting, but, uh, more, uh, maybe people are more interested in them. I know that that's kind of confusing. That doesn't really make any sense what I just said, but I, I think you get what I'm saying. Um, people are more interested in in the podcast than, than watching the matches, not that the matches themselves aren't necessarily interesting. Um, and then, you know, interviews, uh, if we're talking about like backstage interviews, things like that, you know, that stuff's always, it's an, one of the things that interested me with the question is because when people, if you, people often talk about how they fast forward raw, um, they fast forward SmackDown. Because uh, it's a lot of time. Well, let me ask you, you know, ask yourself or, or send me a message at Sosa so Chernoff or send us a message at the after chat um, and let us know when you fast forward Raw, do you fast forward the backstage segments? Do you fast forward the in-ring segments, uh, uh, interviews, and promos, or do you fast forward the matches? And I think most people are going to say they fast forward the matches. Because most of these matches don't, um, matter, you know, it's, you're not fast forwarding a match at, uh, uh, WrestleMania, right. You're fast forwarding a random match on raw that as of late, you know, we've seen 15 times. So people don't really, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, to use that cliche and, you know, I know Bill wasn't here to point out the cliche, so I figured I should do it myself. But at the end of the day, um, wrestling is supposed to be like a male soap opera. It's supposed to be a story. And I don't think there's anything wrong with some of it being more interesting. It's a lot of wrestling to absorb. And there's only so many ways somebody can do a match before you just say, like, okay, if the stakes aren't there, I'm not sure how much I care to watch this match no matter how talented the people are who are in it. Um, I also think that the matches could be made a little bit more interesting sometimes, which is really, really tough for these guys to do when they're only given a couple of minutes of TV. So, you know, check out a house show next time. You're going to get to see these guys really work. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's my opinion on that. Uh, that was a great question. Um, let's see. Uh... We have another one that came in here from. And this was like a multifaceted question. Uh, from Ignition underscore Impact at Ignition underscore Impact. Uh, they said, "Do you think it's possible that the WWE's roster could get too large and hurt the WWE? They already have great underutilized talent on all of their brands, and there's always rumors of them signing more talent. So that's and then they have uh." Well, no, I guess they're continuing. Also coming in April, everyone is expecting call-ups from NXT. But is there anywhere to put them? I see a lot of upset fans in the future that their favorite wrestler is underused or let go altogether. Do you see roster cuts coming in 2019? Do you think WWE's current system is flawed? So that's just about three questions there. So I'll break them down. So the first thing, uh, do you think it's possible that WWE's roster could get too large and hurt the WWE? Um Hurt the WWE? No, I don't think it could hurt them to be too large. I think it could hurt the individual talent. Um, I guess it could could water down the product if there's just too many people being thrown at us. Um, but I don't think that it could rest necessarily hurt the WWE. I do think it could hurt the talent, could hold back talent. I think the only way it could hurt the WWE is if they end up... Um, which kind of brings brings me to your other question: uh, Do I see roster cuts coming in two thousand nineteen? If they've got new talent coming up, um, you know, I could easily see um, the WWE releasing some of their guys that they haven't been using, and now with something like an AEW or Ring of Honor or an Impact, that's where I think long term it could hurt the WWE. Um, because they could lose some really talented guys. Let's look at a guy like um, Tyler Breeze, for instance. Okay. Um, that's a guy who I believe, if given the right opportunity, could be an enormous star. Uh, I really do think that. So there's an example of, let's say, a guy like Tyler Breeze, they're just like, all right, it's not working, it's not good here. Um, I mean, man, look no further than, than, than Cody Look no further than Drew McIntyre when he was released as a member of three MB. And he went out onto the Indies and he carved a, a name for himself. Um, and of course, obviously found his way back and he's possibly the best star, the biggest star they have right now, the best that they have right now. Um, from a character standpoint, uh, But yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, that could be a thing. There could be some roster cuts. I wouldn't be surprised if there are roster cuts. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are 205 Live guys just because they get the least exposure. Um, I could definitely see some roster cuts coming in 2019, but at the same time uh, that that could potentially hurt the WWE, I don't know that it would hurt because... Worst-case scenario, they go somewhere else, and somewhere else becomes real, true competition. I think that could be the best thing for the WWE. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think that it could hurt them. Um, I just think it could hurt the talent because, you know, there are some guys that that are just going to get passed over because WWE's going to say, okay, we've had him here for a while. I haven't really done anything. Um, you know, uh, Ty Dillinger is one that... You know, he is a very talented performer and uh, I think could really be something. I talked about uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. I think both those guys are excellent. And I don't think anyone should just, just because of how they've been booked, there's no reason those guys couldn't be main eventers. And some people are going to go, oh, I don't really see that. Trust me, those guys could be main eventers if they were being booked the right way. I truly, truly believe that. Um, and since today is my show, I can say whatever I want. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you see the roster cuts coming? Yeah, I answered that. Uh, do you think their current system, WWE's current system is flawed? So I'm going to answer that based on how I'm perceiving your question. Um, their current system of bringing talent up. Um, no, I, I don't think it's flawed. I think it's, it's become pretty refined, um, I think, I think, let me rephrase that. I think their current system of developing talent is not flawed at all. I think what they're doing down in NXT is amazing. I think they're creating some real stars, some great wrestlers. Um, and I think that, uh, their, their presentation at NXT is fantastic I do think that there are some challenges, um, with transitioning from NXT to the main roster with some of these characters working. Um, there are just some characters that work in smaller settings and some characters that work in larger settings and some talent that thrives in a smaller setting and some talent where their energy just, you know, floats to the top of the arena. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, flawed, I don't know, um, I think I think poor choices have been made, uh, Bobby Roode being one of them. I think that he should have come up as a major heel immediately, and uh, been shot to the moon um, as a heel on uh, WWE programming. So, you know, because I think in NXT, I think he was fantastic. Uh, a guy like Drew, I thought for a second that they were, they didn't know what they were doing. And, and I still stand by the fact that they didn't know what they were doing. And I think they had a, um, the circumstance with Roman Reigns that led them to say, okay, you know what? We got to go back to Braun as our big baby face and uh, let's break this thing up. And I think they've just kind of been finding their way back to Drew, but I, I didn't really care for how he was being, uh, used when he first came up. So, um, but in NXT, he was fantastic. And now I think he's great, but, um, but yeah, that was a great question. Um, and that's where we're going to end it here for ask Josh, uh, because I think right now, uh, if I'm, if I'm seeing this message correctly, we've got the one and only Bill Aptor and, uh, bill it 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 i don't know if you can hear me bill but if you can i'm I'm gonna throw to you bill apter is standing by with none other than robbie e so i'm speaking
2: here with robbie e welcome to the after chat
3: hey uh, it's um that yeah, i am yeah. very happy to be here bill and i uh I mean, I'm always excited to talk to you, man. We have good conversations, and we you know, do. I think some of our best conversations are the ones that aren't on podcasts. Because what well, you told me the other day about when you were at well, I'm going to tell that. My old man, I yeah. mean, I okay, yeah, All right. yeah.
2: So I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell the afterchatters this story. Uh, I had uh, Robbie E and I were going back and forth on text as to when we were going to schedule this interview, and. For some reason, I was just thinking about the days that he worked at uh, Cyberspace Wrestling Federation for uh, Billy Firehawk. Great times, right?
3: Ah, uh, they were good times. Yeah,
2: yeah, they yeah. really were. Uh, and and he was working under a different name, and I couldn't remember the name. It was driving me crazy. <laughs> and of course, it was it was Robbie Echoes. So I couldn't remember the name, and I was in uh, the giant supermarket in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. And I needed to go to the bathroom.
3: This so went, work it's weird.
2: This is this is true though. Um, so I went and I stood up at the urinal, and uh, <laughs> my my personal piece was put in the position where uh, the the water uh, in my body would come out. And as most men know, and women may not know this, there's a rubber uh, a rubber thing in the bottom of the urinal. It's usually made by some company. And I looked down as I was peeing and the name Echos was there. I said, Robbie Echos, this is incredible. <laughs> this is, and I sent, I took a picture of it on my cell phone and I sent that to you. And when this airs, uh, all the after chatters will see this because I'm going to tweet out the picture of of it, and I, I went. I couldn't believe it. I, if your name was Schwartz at that point, it probably would have said Schwartz. It was just a, a message from, uh, uh from heaven to the, uh, to the bathroom. A giant.
3: <laughs> I wonder how. I wonder how many other people in the world have been going number one, and you know, saw my old independent wrestling name and thought about me. <laughs> I, I, that's,
2: that's that's incredible. That's inc- You know, I always wondered, and I think Bill Cosby when. He, When he wasn't in trouble, did a uh, routine about why they call it number one and why it, they call it number two. But I don't remember I don't remember what that was. But number one on my list here is that something super exciting has happened to you. And uh, tell us about uh, if you smell what the Echoes is cooking.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Coming up. So it, it's, um, it's dropping January 3rd. It's the first episode on NBC. Well, NBC-ish. that's yesterday.
2: That's yesterday.
3: This is true. Yeah, you know me. I've got twins. So I'm all over the place with my dates and everything. So yesterday was the first episode. Hopefully you didn't miss it, but there's nine more episodes. Uh, it's the Titan Games. It's on NBC every Thursday night. And the host is The Rock. And it's basically like American Gladiators on another level. Uh, It's from the makers of American Ninja Warrior. And it is just just insane battles where you go against someone in some kind of obstacle. And if you win, you go on higher and higher and higher. And if you get to the highest point, you get to be called a Titan. And you are officially a part of the Rocks team. How cool is that?
2: Wow, that is very cool. So tell us, first of all, um, how, how this happened. How did you get involved in it?
3: Um, so randomly enough, I got a, a a private Facebook message from the casting of the show, reaching out to me, asking if I'd be interested because they saw my videos that I was posting of me doing like workouts with my twin babies where I use them as like dumbbells. And they thought it was right. funny. They thought I, They thought I was a fit dad and it was just a funny story. So they were digging it. So they hit me up and then it was one phone call and then I had to fill out some paperwork and then they were flying me to LA for a final interview and I nailed it. And it's kind of like the rest is history. It was, it was really out of nowhere. And the crazy thing is um, this reality show is one of the most tried out for reality shows in history. Originally they said over 80,000 people tried to get on it. Now the rock is saying over a hundred thousand people tried to get. Wow. on. Wow.
2: Wow. Now was, uh, was rock the, is this the rocks production company that's uh, doing this show?
3: Yeah, yep, yeah, it's him. So they, the, the final 120 of us were there with he wasn't there for what they flew 120 of us there to do this final like a uh, fitness combine thing and interviews and everything. He wasn't there, but his whole crew was. And then out of that 120, they chose about 60 of us for the final cast. And then, of course, all the filming and everything he was a part of. So it was had a you, cool experience.
2: Had you met him before, you know, on, on in, during his wrestling days?
3: Uh, well, I met him once at the Wax Museum, but it was the Wax version of himself. It wasn't really him. <laughs> and, and, and I met him once also at the Route 18 Mall, uh, East Brunswick Mall on Route 18 when I was a kid. He did an autograph signing there probably when I was in middle school. And I went and I saw him from afar. Those I are the there. only two uh, I was times. there.
2: I was there. I remember. Were you that. really? I was there, yes. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely. So That's when you so first... Cool. When you first came face to face with him, since you two were in the same business there, what was? Tell me what it was like. What did he say to you?
3: Uh, well, I, I dropped names immediately, hoping you know to connect with them through wrestling. I mean, obviously <laughs> he's busy. He's busy on set. You know what I'm saying? He's got a million things on his mind. But I mean, he was approachable and everything. But I, uh, you know, I Tommy Dreamer and the Dudleys, like guys that I knew that he knew from his time in WWE that I know also. I kind of said I was friends with, which got us a few laughs and you know we were able to talk about wrestling a bit which was cool but i mean he's just so you know he's got to memorize lines and he's go you know he's got so many things on his plate but i mean with all that said he really was you know a nice guy that you know it was a genuine conversation for a few minutes but it's not like we exchanged phone numbers or anything
2: (laughs) now (laughs) what what type of uh uh what oh no exchange of phone numbers we'll correct that i'll call his mother (laughs) We'll correct that.
3: That's
2: all. Um, what what type of things did you uh, did you compete in, or are you uh, permitted to talk about that since your episode hasn't aired yet?
3: Um, I am not. Okay. Um, but what I can say is, what I can say is that I didn't embarrass myself, which is a good thing, yes. and that also the the obstacles on this show are like no other. Like I mean, it's American Gladiators. Like I said, on another level. Um, the set is unbelievable. And it's just, it's a larger than life show when you watch it. Like, it's just, it's honestly unbelievable. It's going to be one of the biggest reality shows, uh, I think of all time, because I think this definitely is only going to be, you know, the, the beginning. I think they're already in talks to, you know, for next season and everything. And I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger.
2: That's great. Now, when this will air on NBC and, uh, do you know the, uh, uh, the timeframe?
3: Uh, I, I forget if it's on eight Eastern or nine Eastern, um, but it is, it'll be every Thursday night that it is on for 10 weeks.
2: And, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you because uh, you and so many people who are in the wrestling business uh, seem to be striving. I mean, look at what's happened to The Rock, of course, and now John Cena. And uh, people in the wrestling business, the athletes seem to be striving to reach out to showbiz and other forms of entertainment is that your eventual goal too rob
3: are you comparing me to the rocket john cena are you saying that I'm always of level? course
2: i can see no. no but is that is that something that you, you you're striving for as well to get uh uh into more uh different genres of entertainment based upon your wrestling career
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's 2018 about, well Oh God, it's 2019 now. It's 2019. So I mean, whatever, (laughs) whatever, you know, I have to do to keep my name relevant uh, to keep my bills paid and just to keep being able to travel on the world and have fun what I'm doing, I mean, whatever I got to do, I would love to explore other options. You know, I've done a few of, you know, I don't know what you would call them lower budget indie films that went straight to Netflix and stuff like that, that I had some minor scenes in and, you know, so I, have touched on some stuff and it was fun to do, but yeah, I mean, I would love, love to do it on a larger level. Maybe this was the beginning. Who knows what will happen from this show.
2: So where can the, all these, uh, uh, agents and fans and everybody, where can they find you on social media to get in touch with you for some of these jobs or just to say hello?
3: Um, well, I'm at Robert Strauss on Twitter at Robert Strauss on Instagram, um, that's kind of like the new thing that I'm going by, the Robert Strauss brand, a new character. I've been like doing in like House of Parkour and stuff where I'm a motivational speaker to move away a little bit from the Robbie E. And then, of course, my podcast drops every Wednesday Why it ended. You can get that anywhere. And um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And then, of course, I'm somewhere different every weekend wrestling all over the world.
2: And, of course, if people... Uh... Stop off at giant supermarkets in Pennsylvania. They can. <laughs> they're, 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 there's, there's uh, actually it's a dot com.
3: So <laughs> I'm hey, do you remember me, Bill? <laughs> do what? you remember that you brought Johnny Storm to a Hardway Wrestling show in Pennsylvania probably 15 years ago, and I wrestled them there.
2: I do. I do. Johnny Storm and uh, yep. Jody fleiss. They they were in uh, they were in town together. Yes. Yeah, I definitely remember <laughs> but, that.
3: But, but that day, you were only with Johnny Storm. Jody wasn't there. I don't know why you were only with him.
2: Now, what made you remember that?
3: I don't know. I just don't know if I ever told you, because I remember you being with him. You, I guess, drove him to the show or something.
2: Yeah, he was at my house. We were doing uh, karaoke in my basement. We both uh, we were <laughs> doing a duet on, I swear by the moon and the stars in the sky. We both. Uh, yeah, all for one. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. Ours. The version I was doing was John Michael Montgomery. He had it first. John Michael Montgomery had I Swear and I Can Love You Like That before All For One. They were country songs. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. I'll look it up. Mm- <laughs> all right. The, the uh, Robbie E. It was uh, great. great to have you on the After Chat. And uh, we'll see you at the matches. And now back to After's Alley and the After Chat.
1: Great interview with Robbie E. Uh, Excited to watch him on The Rock's New Show. Um, And Bill, it was wonderful to hear from you. Thanks for sending it back to After's Alley. Uh, But I'm not in After's Alley. Uh, I'm in my office. Uh, I guess we could call it Chernoff's Solarium. I don't know. I I have like a window in here. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, wherever I am, it's not Apters Alley. Um, no offense to Apters Alley. So it's a lovely place to be taken. Um, but yeah, that was a great interview with Robbie E. Um, and uh, a horrifying visual that Bill sent me. Um, he sent that text message to me um, of the the urinal cake um, with Ecos on it. And if you're thinking, man, I wonder what a used urinal cake uh, looks like, um, it's exactly what you would imagine. It, Bill Apter, the legendary Bill Apter, uh, urinated on said urinal cake, um, and then presumably uh, without even uh, a zip up or a hand washing um, took a photograph of said urinal cake um, and sent it to me, and uh, so that was a that was a really tough day for me, um, and I hope that he does post it online so that all of you Apter chatters get to experience just a little bit of what it's like to be friends with Bill Apter. Um, No, I love Bill and I'm looking forward to having Bill back on the show next week um, to get things kind of get things kind of back to the way they're they're supposed to be here at the after chat. Um, One thing that we do here at the after chat is uh, the after classics and uh, I'm going to throw you guys back to Bill after back in the 70s um, for. The After Chat Classic here. Uh, he's interviewing none other than Bobby Shane, and we've talked about Bobby Shane on our show before. Uh, available in the archives at theafterchat afterchat.com. Um, Bobby Shane, perhaps one of the original kings. Um, he he was uh, he lent his his crown and robe, I believe, to Jerry Lawler. Um, Bobby Shane, tragically uh, passed away in a, uh, plane crash. Um, and that was in, that was on, uh, February 20th, 1975 at the age of 29. And when I did my research, that shocked me. Um, I, I had always, you know, heard of Bobby Shane and seen some things of him, but I just never put into I never understood how young he was. Um, and it really makes you wonder what more contributions he could have given um you know to pass away in 1975 before wrestling really took off and it makes you wonder if a guy like Bobby Shane would have had a, a spot in you know in the 80s in the in the WWF when the territory started shutting down um so it you know uh, great interview that that Bill conducted uh, back in the early 70s And uh, I'm going to throw it to you To that right now um, Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Apter Interviewing Bobby Shane On this week's After Chat Classics
4: Okay, this is Bill Apter We're in Boston and we're speaking here With very versatile Bobby Shane How are you, Bobby?
0: I don't feel very versatile today We're just looking through one of your magazines One of these little Paper items you have what, there's something together. bothering you about it? No, I was just reading the, a view, a woman's view of Bobby Shane. Uh, a beautiful comet comes streaking across the sky.
4: Do you feel that describes you aptly enough? Well, it, it
0: does a bit. I, I like some of the photos of myself. It's, uh, it's nice to be in print and have yourself... Bobby, can I ask you... It's a... nice to be a star, but one Are you the... in
4: love with yourself?
0: Well, let's say that Do you like yourself. If you, if you don't like yourself, how can you hope for others to like you?
4: Well, it seems to come across more that you more than like yourself, you sort of admire yourself. Well, certainly. Many people admire me. You know,
0: I'm not the one who calls myself the king of wrestling, but who am I to argue with all those thousands or possibly millions of wrestling fans who do call me the king of wrestling.
4: Does Bobby Shane have many wrestling fans?
0: Of course. Probably, the well to quote your own magazine, probably the greatest wrestler to ever wrestle in the state of Florida, Georgia, Carolinas, Alabama. It's just a pity that there's not two of me where I can go through all the United States and wrestle in each and every arena every night of the week, but There's only one Bobby Shane, so I must be quite choosy and uh, just ration myself out across the country whenever I possibly can.
4: Okay, now, Bobby, a lot of people have written to us and they've asked questions. You had a very beautiful young lady with you by the name of Miss Sherry, who uh, you fired at one time, hired her again, and now she's out with you. Again, are you planning to rehire her, or what happened? Well, I don't think so.
0: Like, I'm just talking about the article that you have in the April issue of Inside Wrestling. Miss Sherry was fired. She was my trusted valet. At one time I hired her. She was just a tall, skinny, redheaded young girl who I met while driving through Canada one day, and uh, her job was taking care of them. I wear an awful lot of beautiful jackets and robes in the ring, taking care of them and uh, arranging my airline tickets, and keeping my my home, which I have a four bedroom home, right uh, off the ocean in Florida, keeping care of that, or apartment, whatever I happen to be at the moment. You know, the typical things that a man expects a woman to do. So after hiring her, and she no longer was just an ordinary girl, she started seeing her picture in magazines on billboards, on TV. People started noticing her. She was no longer just another skinny girl or another girl with long hair. She was a celebrity. People were giving her gifts, wanting to take her out, buying her things. From
4: what you made of her, you're talking about?
0: Of course. No woman makes it on her own. All women are made by a man somewhere in their life. There's not one woman around anywhere who has ever done a thing on her own stature. It was always a man who backed her up, who gave her that little initiative, or the push, or the backing, or the inspiration, or whatever she needed. Maybe a kick in the rear end, if that's what it was. But...
4: Well, from what you were saying, was there more more than just a business relationship between the two of you? Well, not at first, but after a while I started
0: enjoying
4: having someone
0: around who who did all of this, and she did a very, very good job. And so I married her out of the kindness and goodness of my heart. You
4: married Miss Sherry?
0: Yes. And, you know, it was probably the greatest honor, the biggest thing ever in her life, you know, a big, uh, well, what can I say? I consider myself, and so do many other people, who rightfully I can see why is the the biggest superstar in wrestling today. And Miss Sherry's only drawback was, like I say, she... Went for the, you know, the women's liberation. This was only after she had clothes, cars, dogs, and money. Then she started getting the big women's liberation, the big holier-than-thou attitude that a woman has every equal rights a man does. Can you imagine that, a woman thinking she has as many rights as a man? And, you know, this type of young generation thing where the women's, lib is happening. But what she failed to remember is that Bobby Shane, to quote your magazine once more, the beautiful comet streaking across the sky, the sky of rustling, was the man for all you women out there who will listen to this, man M-A-N, who put her there. It was not her, a woman, who put herself there. She was nothing without the King of And <laughs> She got to believe, I guess, that she was the Queen of Rustling.
4: Well, what eventually <laughs> happened? Uh... Well,
0: there's only room at the top for one. And if ever there's no room for Bobby Shane, it will not be filled by a woman by any means. And so I just had to get rid of the... You know, what can I say? Uh, just, like I just had to have her take three giant steps backwards out of, my, out of my life, and she fell right off the comet into the sky, and she's out there floating around the sky somewhere.
4: Where you left her, in other words, exactly as uh, before she met Bobby Shane? That's right, because when she found out, and she was left, that that women's
0: liberation and young generation, she couldn't eat that, or there was nobody around to take care of that big convertible, or there was nobody around to keep the upkeep on that big summer cottage, or nobody around to get that poodle clipped and fed. I just wonder, <laughs> Miss Sherry and all those other poor women out there floating in that sky, I just realize. Where would they be without a man?
4: All right, now let me ask you this. You put an ad in many newspapers and programs in Florida uh, advertising for someone to take Sherry's place. Are you still looking for someone, or do you you, want to just keep Bobby Shane in the spotlight?
0: Well, actually, come to think of it, you probably have one of the biggest syndicated wrestling magazines in the country. Why don't you take that? rag of yours. I mean, after all, uh, without my name... Well, you can't really call that a rag,
4: but we've seen some of your your ring attire, you know, which we could also... no,
0: no, no. You know, and I know, you're saying that in jest, that without my name on the cover of your magazine, you probably wouldn't sell any, but there's an awful lot of people, and I know you reach more wrestling fans than anybody else. So I'm not asking you this as a favor. I'm kind of authorizing this as the king of wrestling. Why don't you just put well, take one of those ads I've I had in the, some of the southern wrestling programs and put in your magazine. And any young lady out there, I say young because I got quite a few photos and pictures. Lonely widows, lonely Thanks. widows. With uh, you know, I mean, I just uh, let's face it. Uh, uh, today, after a woman's twenty eight or so, uh, she's gone, you know, with this, uh, all the push button things in the home, uh, they just kind of sit around and they're kind of start protruding in the wrong places. But the thing is, I had so many women write in, and I have some photos, I'll show them to you, but why don't all those girls out there send in a photo that we can use in your magazine, Maybe several shots of themselves. We'll pick out a good one to use in your magazine You,
4: Bobby Shane, will pick a girl that might be able to become your valet? Well, of course, they
0: have to come up to a few standards and qualifications. For example? Well, I just don't want any skinny-looking girl or anyone without uh, intelligence. I don't want someone that goes around, uh, uh, you know, uh, who would not present the image that I have of. You're looking uh, for royalty course. I'm looking for someone who has enough uh, faith in themselves, so to speak, that, that feel that they could do it. And I just wonder if there's any women, this is kind of like a challenge, an open challenge from Bobby Shane, The King of Wrestling, if there's any women out there to think that they have enough of what it takes to hold down such a position, uh, like I say, I need someone to uh, take care of my clothes, handle my plane reservations, and occasionally uh, I'm not uh, much for being in my home or apartments. But uh, someone who can cook a bit and maybe type a couple letters while while I while I'm on the road, you know, maybe answer the phone and have enough brains to say hello and that mm-hmm. Mr. Shane is in Philadelphia this evening or or know. Uh, uh, Mr. Shane can't make that appointment Are smart enough to call the airlines and say I need a reservation for Mr. Shane and myself, whoever it may be, to uh, Chicago on Thursday. So let's just see if any of those girls out there have enough initiative where they can sit down with a little camera and a pencil, pencil and piece of paper and write and let's see what happens.
4: Okay, fine. Bobby, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. And uh, before we do leave, you've been having uh, a big feud going on with Jack Briscoe for quite a while. What is your opinion of that man?
0: Well, besides being on an ego trip, <laughs> I quote your magazine once again. I love quoting your magazine. I, We've I,
4: noticed. I,
0: I read every issue, the, the ones that I'm in. Uh, he's on such an ego trip that, um, well, on my beautiful comet the other day, streaking across the sky, I almost ran into him. Now, Mr. Briscoe, I know you'll you'll read any publication with a story on the King of Wrestling, and because actually Jack Briscoe tries to pattern himself after me. And you Jack
4: know, Briscoe idolizes you. Oh,
0: certainly, certainly does. And you know, imitation is the greatest form, right? You know what uh, I'm. A flattery. I'm, you know what I'm. Yes, yes. And
4: you're trying to say that you're very flattered.
0: Yes, you know most wrestlers become very boisterous and scream and holler, but that's that's ridiculous because the thing is a wrestler should keep his cool and think. To me, that squared circle was like a big chess table, and I do all my moves and save all my yelling for in that squared circle on that chessboard. Now, Mr. Briscoe, you know it was just three weeks ago from today that I beat Jack Briscoe for the Florida State Heavyweight Wrestling title in Tampa, Florida. Do you still hold a belt? Well, I'd rather not talk about that at the moment. Okay, fine. But how many people can say, I beat Jackie Briscoe? I knocked him right off his ego trip, and it's going to be a long, long time before he gets back on it. But I know, I I have all the confidence in the world in Jackie that his big head will get right back on his trip again. But the king will always be there to knock him right off of it. Okay,
1: Bill Apter with Bobby Shane at Boston. All right, another great Apter chat classic from Bill Apter's uh, vault uh, with Bobby Shane. That was an entertaining... Uh, interview and uh, I would be remiss um, and held legally uh, responsible if I did not mention that the After Chat Classics is brought to you every single week by Smart Hold. That's right. Mac Davis has a company called Smart Hold that I'm going to tell you about in a second. But before I do that, I would like to talk to you a little bit about Mac Davis's upcoming match um mac is a friend of the show uh has done a lot for us and we want to take this opportunity to talk about his match he's got coming up january 9th 2019 that's this month that's this year uh rage in the cage three uh it's at the mathis auditorium in valdosta georgia if bill was here he'd be telling me i'm saying that wrong but valdosta georgia bell time 7 p.m um you, you you'd want to check this out. Uh this is a 20 year long feud. It's a steel cage match. Um Mac Davis versus Preston Paradise. Uh I am looking forward to getting my hands on a copy of this. Unfortunately, I won't be able to be there live, but if you were in the area, make sure you check it out. Uh and if you are uh somebody with a company that has to put people on hold, you might want to check out Smart Hold, but What is Smart Hold? Well, Josh, tell us about it. Smart Hold is a message on hold service for only $35 per month. That's right, only $35 per month, plus there are no contracts. So let's recap that for a second. Smart Hold message on hold service, only $35 per month with no contracts. If you run a business where you place your callers on hold, one of your most effective and least expensive marketing tools is message on hold from smart hold i don't think a lot of people realize that when you have your caller on hold you have a captive audience replace the radio stations and cd players which by the way is illegal maybe you have some really bad music that came with the phone or even worse as we've been talking about silence with today's cell phones placing a caller on hold to silence is deadly most callers won't be sure if they're still on hold if they're still connected they'll probably just hang up like you do or I do. I couldn't afford to lose that call in my business, and that's why with Smart Hold, we make your caller's hold time more enjoyable and informative while the caller's hold time feels shorter. It also makes you sound more professional because with Smart Hold, you get pro-voice talent, both male and female, unlimited message changes, professional scriptwriters, broadcast quality audio, fresh background music, music licensing fees, and even a smart hold player should you need one at no charge. All for only $35 per month per location served and no contracts. So go to www.smart-hold.com and order today. That's www.smart-hold.com. Be smart, get smart. Hold. All right. Well, this has been a great episode for me, uh, and I hope an enjoyable episode for you guys uh, and girls, as Bill would want me to tell you. Um, I have had a long, long week and weekend, and uh, I apologize for like the tenth. Episode in a row where my voice is just shot. So uh, hopefully it hasn't been too difficult to listen to. Um, but this has been a lot of fun for me to have an opportunity to just talk to to all of you. Uh, and a couple of things I want to tell you before we go here. Um, this coming January, this month, I guess, uh, January 24th will be a new episode of So Says... Sure enough. Now, the first two are available at the AfterChat YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the AfterChat. Um, however, uh, this one will not be because this month's episode and the months to follow will be available uh, on a streaming service that I will not name until the uh, contract is officially signed. Um, the contract is in the hands of both parties. Um, but as I'm recording this, uh, nothing has been signed just yet. So uh, I, I am excited to let you know next week where you will be able to find. So says Chernoff. Uh, it will be a Royal Rumble special. We'll have uh, kind of a, a headlines um, this month in wrestling, uh, and then uh, going to my top five Royal Rumble moments and memories. Um, and then going to a preview for that Sunday's Royal Rumble. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be funny. Uh, it's a satirical type of, of show uh, in the vein of The Daily Show or Colbert Report or uh, uh, any of the shows like that. So um, that I am super excited of where it's going to be. Uh, also, don't forget to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash off. And pick up my new merchandise um, with my sarcasm is my superpower t-shirt. So I think people are, are really going to like that one. Uh, but if you're over there just going for my shirt, well, then you're, you're making a huge mistake. Because you should be going to uh, theafterchat.com, clicking on merch. And you should be checking out the merchandise that we've got for you over there. We have Respect the Comb Over. Even when he's not here, we still have to respect the comb-over guys, all right? That, that's a rule. Uh, so you can pass that off to all your uh, folically challenged friends or yourself. Uh, and, of course, we have his wrestling fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Um, we have the uh, Cal Championship Office Wrestling shirt. And, of course, the After Chat logo tee. You can also click on book. Click on book and get yourself his wrestling fixed. I didn't know it was broken book by Bill Apter. Um, and then of course there's also the Maggie Moo finds a friend on there. children's book. Um, but yeah, uh, just check that out. Um, we, we would love to see some pictures of you guys and girls with some of this merchandise. Uh, so keep sending them. We've had some of you send them over. Uh, and, uh, it's just fun to see everybody enjoying some of the merch as they say. Um, What else is going on? Oh, right. Uh, I will be live on Fight TV. Uh, Hey, that's a streaming network. Uh, I will be live on Fight TV on January 25th alongside Joe Dombrowski and my good frenemy, Matt Mangle, uh, calling the live action for the Bruiser Brody Cup um, for modern vintage wrestling. That is going to be a great show. We've got a number of impact wrestling stars are going to be there. Uh, number of legends are going to be there. Um, very much looking forward to to that opportunity to call that show live. This will be my first ever live broadcast. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to that. So I hope everybody will go to fight TV and we'll order the bruiser Brody cup. It's, uh, it's it's a tournament that's culminating on that night with a number of other matches, but everything is just uh paying homage to the late Bruiser Brody. Um and let's see, what else? Uh a lot of other really fun stuff happening, some other projects going on. Uh I know Bill's working on some stuff, I'm working on some stuff, and we're working on some stuff together. Um, so hopefully Bill and I are gonna have some some really cool things to share with you soon. Um Maybe some stuff where you'd get to see our faces um, and not just hear our beautiful voices. So that could happen. Um, Oh, you know what? Uh, Last week I said I was going to have an interview with Moose from Impact Wrestling. And I'm not going to because... um, (laughs) It wasn't really great. Uh, It wasn't... Like, it We really... So... (sighs) And it's nothing against Moose and it's nothing against myself, I guess. Uh, it, it just, it, it really, like, honestly, we talked about the homecoming um, Impact Wrestling pay-per-view and it was just a very kind of dry interview. We didn't really get an opportunity. It was very short and we didn't have an opportunity to really dive into anything too much, so... um I just figured instead of playing an interview where Moose and I basically go back and forth and it's a lot of, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, you and Eddie Edwards going to have a match. And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, we're going to fight. And I'm like, yeah, man, you wear some, uh, wear some cool clothes. And he's like, yeah, you know, I get dressed and I'm like, Cool, man. Well, uh, you excited for Impact uh, Wrestling Homecoming at the uh, Nashville Fairgrounds? And he's like, yeah. So I decided instead of sharing that interview, uh, I would just plug uh, Impact Wrestling Homecoming. And uh, make sure you check it out. It's going to be a great show Sunday, January 6th. Uh, But yeah, uh, that's it. This has been a lot of fun. I feel like I don't want to end the show because I've been given this opportunity to talk to all of you without being interrupted. Um, And I almost feel like I've squandered it because I haven't really said anything controversial. Uh, So yeah, Baron Corbin sucks and uh, check out Sosa Chernoff and continue to check out the after chat. Thank you guys for, uh, for your support and you girls Oh, God, I can't believe that he has, he has trained me to say that stuff. But uh, anyway, is wrestling fixed? Yeah, that's not how we're ending the show. This has been the After Chat So Says Chernoff special because that is what Chernoff had to say.